I'm David Gazzarotto. And I'm Jared Cameron. And we, we are, are Talking, Talking People and Tech. Tech. Great to have you here again, Jared. We're coming at you live from the HR Tech Fest event here in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, fantastic to be here. Yeah, it uh, is. It's great, isn't it? Just after lunch, so uh, yeah. everyone's kind of fit up and you know ready to start having lots of conversations. Yeah. And we're actually joined today uh, by Susan Lowe. And Susan, you're general manager, people and culture at Coca-Cola, uh, Amatel Pacific. I am. Yes. It was a mouthful, wasn't it, to get that out? It I was. made it, though. Yeah. You did. And well you've done. just walked off stage, haven't you? I have. I have. I had the uh, benefit of being on before lunch, um, so I didn't have the uh, graveyard chef post-lunch, so I was very yeah, lucky. Yeah, good. Well done with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. <coughs> Played out well. Yeah, you might, um, people might have to fuel up on a few of the, um, the highly caffeinated any of your products. Absolutely. <laughs> after, after noon sessions. Plenty of lollies. <laughs> yeah. And tell us, Susan, um, you know, you were speaking today about a case study, about, you know, something that you've done in your organisation. Do you want to just give us the headline act around, you know, sort of what you were speaking about? Yeah, so um, I, I guess, spent the time on stage talking to the team about some of the thinking that had gone into um, the roadmap for innovation and technology within mm. our business. Um, we already have um, success factors um, as our core HRIS system. So it was around taking where we are today, thinking about the future of digital HR um, and then all of the other things you have to think about to have a successful roadmap. Great. And I understand that you're something like 18 months down the line from sort of your initial, you know, part of your, your program. Yes. It's an interesting place to be because I think a lot of people in the room and a lot of people we speak to are at possibly the other end of that journey and looking ahead at it and probably maybe a little bit jealous. And <laughs> but, you know, what are some of the priorities now that you've been through that initial implementation and... You know, you're into kind of the next wave. Yeah, so um, I guess what I talked to the guys about was thinking more broadly than just your technology solution. So I think when you've not implemented a um, HR technology solution, you're thinking about what solution is going to work, how do we implement that, what does that look like from a change management process. And so we are now thinking much broader than that. So we've got our platform. What do we want to use technology for in the future in addition to the core platform? What does that mean for how we operate as an HR team? What does that mean for the capabilities we need within mm. our team and even the roles we need in our team? Oh, great. Yeah, it's interesting. So um, you heard Jason, I presume you went to the keynote this morning with Jason. Um, the, if not, I'll rem- <laughs> remind you a couple of key points I think are aligned with that. This notion that um, to trans- the transformational piece or the, the transition to digital, it's not about the technology. It's a small component. It's about a whole bunch of other stuff that you need to do to make that work. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you saw as the key elements of success for you guys? Yeah, absolutely, and I totally agree with that. I think the technology weaves its way um, throughout everything you need to consider, but it's not the only thing that you need to think about. So for me, you need to think about your HR operating model. You need to think about the skills and capabilities within your team. You need to think about your structure. Are you set up to deliver the kind of HR that you want to deliver in the future? Um, You also need to think about what is your vision for the future and how does digital work within that so Mm. I talked to them around you know we have a high service model 
um, within HR, but that's a really important part of our culture and we mm. don't want to lose that. So for me, digital is about improving the service to our employees and kind of increasing the humanised aspect of the workforce, yeah. so not taking away from that. So I don't ever want to be in a, in a HR team where, um, you know, we just got robots doing everything yeah. um, and, and our employees can't talk to real people. Um, so I think you have to think about all of those elements. Yeah, well, it's interesting to, just to pick up on that. Um, I'm always interested to see what uh, the evolution of HR capability is as we move into a more um, digital space. Um, I've often talked about, um, you know, we're, we're, we're now, it's, this is not about transforming HR. It's about looking at how we do HR in the digital age. So I'm wondering what your, um, you know, what some of the thoughts you are about how you've taken the HR function on that journey as well and how mm-hmm. the capability has is, is, is evolved, I guess, um, through that? Yeah, look, I totally um, I totally agree with you. Um, and I think it's, uh, and that's the piece for me around when you've got to start thinking about your team within this. So mm-hmm. even once you've defined your operating model, you're clear on your vision for HR digitization, you go, okay, well, where are my team at? what capabilities do they have versus not? How do we build those skills and capabilities as we head into the future? Um, And how do you take them on that journey? Because, Mm. um, you know, I described um, before in my presentation, even if I can close my eyes and be really clear on what that future world looks like, doesn't mean my team can, particularly if they're early on in their career or they haven't worked in another organisation from an HR perspective. So I need to be able to tell that story and create that vision for them Mm. Um, so having things like a transition plan and a really clear roadmap helps with that and helps take them on that journey I know um, you know Coca-Cola is a really a household name how could it not be (laughs) you'd you'd, you'd struggle to find someone on this earth that hasn't heard of it Um, tell us a bit about people in your organization you know what is your organization made up of you know what, what sort of workers have you got and what sort of technology challenges do they face yeah absolutely so we um you're right Nearly everybody in the planet's heard of Coca-Cola, yeah. um, but are often surprised that we aren't Coca-Cola. So we're not the global um, Coca-Cola right. company. Um, right. We are the bottling partner for the Asia Pacific ah. region, um, and we also partner with other brands. So we partner with Monster um, Energy. We partner with Beam Suntory. Um, so we market and sell um, any kind of drink for any kind of occasion so um, we have a really broad portfolio of products Um, and so because of that then we have a really broad range of employees that do a lot of different roles a lot of different roles so um, I guess first and foremost we we're a sales business so we need to be selling our broad portfolio of products into our customers over big in the field um, sales team. Um, we obviously have a marketing team. Um, we've got a big um, channel strategy team that sit behind that that direct the, what the field sales guys do. Um, and then we have um, obviously our manufacturing mm. division. So, you know, if we didn't make the product, we'd have nothing to sell. So, um, and as you'd appreciate with high quality brand partners, um, there's some really specific guidelines um, to which we make our products to. So yeah. some very stringent, high-quality guidelines. Quality control is a pretty absolutely, big deal. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So we manufacture everything that we sell here in New Zealand um, wow. at one of our three manufacturing plants. Um, we've got a big distribution network because we have to be able to get all of those products mm. um, to all lengths of the country. Um, and then we have the usual support functions, IS, finance, HR, etc. So really, really broad um, 
yeah, team of people. Yeah. And what are the key talent challenges for you? Yeah. Right now. Oh, probably the same talent challenges that are facing um, the majority of organisations in New Zealand at the moment. Yep. So it's a really tight talent market, mm-hmm. um, particularly in Auckland. And because we're headquartered in Auckland, um, a lot of our um, head office and support roles are based here in Auckland. So. Yeah, it's a really tight talent market. And so how does that translate into what we need to do in HR? We, we are, you know, competing um, with other similarly strong brands, strong organisations that people want to work for. So how do we attract the best people? And do you find that you get a, you know, does your brand have a strong pull? Do you find that, you know, is it, is it challenging for you to find talent or is it, is it actually harder to retain them or...? Um, I would say, as you said before, people have, have heard of Coca-Cola and I think we've got um, a really strong name in the industry, um, particularly for people that work within FMCG. Yeah. Um, so they know us, they've heard of us. Um, you know, They might know, for example, that we were ranked 11th most attractive employer this year. Um, and so those people are going to, if they're thinking about... Um, looking for another opportunity, they may be um, proactive in coming to us. I think the challenge that all businesses face at the moment is there's not many people proactively in the market. Um, So the job market is... um, particularly at that professional end, um, people aren't um, looking for their next opportunity. They're actually probably only, you know, kind of 12 or 18 months into the opportunity they've got. Um, And so how do you you go find people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We even see... I remember a year ago we were talking to, I can't remember who it was, but they were talking about job sharing. So they had workers that were spending two or three days a week in one location and then two or three days a week in the other. And, and that was the way to sort of do talent sharing. And I thought yeah. that was quite a you know, practical solution to a talent shortage issue. And probably does raise the question around kind of how, what, how do you make up your workforce in this day and age and that concept yeah. of kind of having permanent employees yeah, look, absolutely. Um, and I think that's definitely something businesses are going to have to think about. The flip side of that, though, is I think we're not yet there in terms of what employees want. So employers might be open to doing something like that, but employees actually want still security yeah, and permanency in their role. So we even have found that trying to find um, fixed-term contract roles um, incredibly difficult because people don't want to come and work for a business, um, even though it's secure for 12 or 18 months mm. because it's not permanent. Well, you look um, at the way society treats that that opportunity though so forget the worker for a minute look you go to your bank and tell them that you've got a job for 12 months not forever you know go 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 to my wife and tell her I've got a job for 12 months (laughs) not forever you know like all of those you know you'd go to your private school if you're hoping to send your kids to private school all of those factors they layer in don't they absolutely right yeah so I think whilst we can talk about and think about the future of work, I think we're probably still um, a long way in terms of that journey that we've got to go on. Yeah, it's interesting, you, you, as you say, it's actually got to be a joint thing between employee and employer. It's not one pushing or pulling from the direction. Um, there's, I, uh, there's a lot of um, discussion around flexibility and, and being able to create work environments where um, there can be more inclusion and um, you know, therefore being able to tap into a broader pool of talent Absolutely. accordingly. Yeah. But as you say, you know, having flexible work arrangements doesn't necessarily work for everyone. Um, it's interesting. So what's been the experience with you in terms of looking at some innovation around um, either flexibility or, or work environments and the like? 
Yeah, and that's something we do have to think about because we are in that unique position where we've probably got some of the, the you know, the tra- traditional professional roles where we could be quite innovative in terms of the flexible solutions that we operate yeah. um, or that we offer to our team. Um, however, we manufacture um, products and yeah. that needs certain equipment and yeah. you, we need certain safety protocols and yeah. we talked about the stringent mm. quality measures in place. Mm. Um, you know, you can't do that from anywhere else. You yeah. have to... It's a very physical yeah, construct. You have to be present in our manufacturing facility between however long it takes to to do the process. Mm. Um, Otherwise the production line falls over. Exactly, exactly. And there's a cost of changing out our production line even when we change from one product to the next. Um, So we have to be really careful around how we plan all of those things and so if then we said oh actually we're just you know we're going to offer flexible Mm. working how would that look like for them and so from a values organization perspective we go if we can't offer it to everyone yeah what do we then do how do we how do we do this in a way that meets our values and not say that you're different and you can't have the same benefits as somebody over here who works in the office in Mm. our accounting team it's complex, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's sort of circle back around. We're here at a technology conference. Um, we've had a great exploration about the broader HR and talent scene at uh, CCA. Um, how, I guess how has the technology transformation that you've undertaken um, helped to drive the talent outcomes you're looking for? Um, as I sort of said before, we're, we're quite early on in, in the journey that we're on today. So we've implemented our core system, um, and I think there's definitely been some benefits to that in yeah. terms of, you know, I talked about just in my direct team, um, I had somebody new start last week, and because we've got this core system and it's all integrated and talks to each other, he's had a seamless onboarding. Uh, you know, he went through the recruitment um, module of success factors. He was hired. It then triggered to him to get all of his onboarding information which is then connected to um, our IT team so all of his technology he needed for his role was ordered so you know the day he arrives he's done his onboarding modules he's got all of his technology it's all set up ready to go he has a great experience so we're a little bit down the journey in terms of we already have that in place um, but we're very early on in our journey in terms of what's the future of HR from a digitization perspective mm. and how do we map that out and understand all of the elements that it takes um, for that to be successful so that's the piece of the journey that we're just at the very start of. Yeah, you tackled right. the automation journey well it sounds like and uh, but you're looking to the higher value stuff now so yeah, and also maximizing. Um, I think, you know, 18 months down the line with the benefit of hindsight, we can look back and go at the rate of change within the organization. It's probably not as fit for purpose today as it was 18 months ago or for what we need in so the future. H- how do you keep up with that? I mean, you know, one of the things that we aspire about, you know, cloud is we say cloud is a tool that will grow with you. It's a moving train. Mm. It's a release. lifestyle, Jared. <laughs> it's a lifestyle, <laughs> yeah. There's releases every three yeah. to six months depending on your vendor. So, you know, the product's getting better, mm. you know, and, and your organization's changing. What are you guys doing to try and continuously keep the tool relevant? Are you doing anything? Yeah, so we're um, we're currently working on um, a new iteration of the core um, part of our success uh, factors, so Employee Central. Um, And I guess going back to what we were talking about before, thinking broader than just the technology solution, uh, one of the changes we've made to the HR structure is to introduce the role of HR technology and innovation manager. So Mm -hmm. actually having somebody that both... 
gets technology mm. but also is an HR practitioner so knows what we need um, in terms of our processes and ways of working who actually owns that solution um, so we're not um, on the receiving end and being told this yeah. is what we need to do we're actually thinking about it and driving, um, it. And driving it ourselves mm. yeah so yeah, that's own, great, actually. Owning your own roadmap. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah which is definitely. pretty critical. So I guess um, and, and presumably your role would, would be to connect that roadmap with the broader business strategy. And, and um, yeah. is that something that um, is a natural thing in your organisation, is the, the connections back through the business strategy and what you're doing from a people strategy and the, the tech? Is there a, a, a nice linkage through there? Yeah, I think there is. And I think that's led from our CEO. I think yep. he does a really great job um, of driving the people agenda himself and really um, understanding how critical that is to underpinning our overall strategy. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I think that does happen. Um, and I That's think really important, really isn't lucky. it? Because I think there's a lot of organizations where um, if the CEO doesn't really get tech or digital, it can be really hard, can't it, to be to, to drive the, the sorts of things, you know, get the sponsorship you require. Absolutely. And, and equally, if they don't really value the people yeah. contribution yep. so we've True. got a really clear we call it the journey um, and it's got four layers um, mm. and the bottom layer of that is, is all um, people related um, and so that's about our strategy in, in a story if you like yeah um, and everybody collectively owns that really important to make those connections mm. yeah oh, Susan has been really insightful chatting to you actually and sounds like there's lots of fun things going on at Coca-Cola Amatel you know I think it's an organization that you guys have made great progress around your tech journey, but but not done yet, right? No, absolutely not done. Oh, well, maybe we'll get you back in two years more, and maybe uh, you'll be Sounds at that good. next uh, that next level up the ladder, and you'll be telling us where to from there. Thanks for coming absolutely. on. Thanks for joining thanks us on the podcast, me. Dave. Yeah, I guess uh, you know that's us for another one. And thanks for listening, everyone. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. That was the Talking People and Tech podcast, brought to you by Alight Solutions. Thanks for listening. Subscribe now to catch our next episode.